music. Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars Podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and Star Wars. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we are recapping Andor Episode 8 in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out of here. And oh my gosh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so tempted, but I'm going to hold back. I'm not going to call this person Latanya Stark's Wars. I'll just stick with Latanya. Latanya, how's it going? <laughs> Yeah, that never happened. Yeah. Uh, it's going great. I'm really glad to be here. I'm excited to talk about Andor all of the time now. Yeah. Yeah, no. This is basically who I am as a human being at this point, is trying yeah. to get people to watch this show. Yeah, it's so good. I, I'm really having a great time with it. Um, but before we get into the episode, I want to I wanna give you the chance to, you know, this, your first time being here on Star Wars, mm-hmm. I want to give you the chance to like introduce yourself a little bit to uh, our audience, tell them what you're about, um, tell them how much you talk about and or uh, <laughs> anything else you feel relevant. Do you do this to people so that you don't have to do any research and actually properly introduce us? Uh, that- <laughs> Not the call out. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, just wondering. Uh, uh, you know, that's a good point. May- should I be doing that? Is that like? Uh, no, it know. really doesn't matter. I'm happy to introduce <laughs> myself. Uh, my name's Latanya Starks uh, with an S at the end. I'm sorry, uh, but it's close enough, and I still identify with House Stark, even if I have like a little Targaryen blood. I guess that would make me Jon Snow, but no, like for the first season, I can't be him. He's just a whiny little bitch the whole time. Um, I am a debate coach, which is an interesting job, but also a podcaster for post-show recaps. Most recently, you can find me covering such shows as Atlanta, the final season, Uh, you know, a little bit of House of the Dragon coverage there, comparing it with the first season of Game of Thrones um you can find me talking about haunting of hill house and all the other flanagan mike flanagan produced things on hbo um and of course you can hear me uh on my and or podcast with uh post show recaps uh co-hosts dm philly um the great rich filberto and brendan fitzpatrick so just generally being a nerd for hire (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no that, that's a good way to put it um you know tommy i feel bad tommy couldn't be here with us tonight yeah, but he's, he's a he's a recap patron he's always telling me about it you know you mentioned dm philly what they do D on there he's talking about yeah, that all the time yeah are you a DD person so i am now i was not a DD person before the discord existed but then they asked me to play a game and they told me i could build a character and i was like what okay <laughs> I was a theater kid, so I don't see why I wouldn't want to do this. And then I played for the first time and I loved it. I wish I could play a lot more. It's just the campaigns are really involved and they can take a lot out of you if you're if you only have so much social energy. 
uh yeah that could take yeah. a lot out of you i feel like it needs to be like an escape room like there's an hour <laughs> clock <Yeah. laughs> you get in you get out yeah uh but yeah uh i'd have about dd latanya i'm excited to get your takes here like uh more you know open wide on andor what what have you thought about this series thus far so I love this show. I think that it's been quietly the best or maybe number two one in the top two shows in the last couple of weeks. Um, I just really think that Diego Luna is doing really well with his character, but they're also taking time to stock down with characters that typically we would never ever have their point of view. Um, characters like Cyril Karn, even though, no one likes him. Uh, it's just, it's a really interesting way of looking at a part of the fandom, which, you know, wouldn't be so receptive to say me sitting here talking about star Wars right now. Um, and I think they synthesize the internet fanboy into uh, like potential incel into one character and made him Karn. And that's brilliant. And I heard uh, or saw a tweet the other day that someone, you know, that everyone's been talking about since that says the great thing, the best thing about Andor is that it has no message. And that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This show couldn't be more anti-cop, anti-fascist, anti, you know, uh, imperialist. It couldn't be more um, of a message. Uh, of, of both rebellion and hope and so i just really love the opportunity of getting to watch this show and talk about it that and all that being said there were like some serious I, I watched a video on like the comparisons between this prison system and nazi concentration camps yeah right? same uh, so there's like yeah that's that's just not the truth there's a lot going on here and i think that's what like you know sometimes star wars can feel very surface level like here's just a person fighting another person why uh you know the grand scheme of things like why does it really matter um but this like i feel like they've put so much effort and like building out this cast of characters and it almost like you know it's almost like teetering on the edge of like something a la game of thrones where like mm -hmm. you have like all these different webs of stories and characters right and like you know in a typical movie, we're not like Car like Karn. We would never pay attention to this no. guy. And then we get like uh, Dedra, we get Luthen, we get Valencenta, Mon right. Mothma. We see like we see the highest points of this uh, universe, and then we also see the lowest points. And I think that's what's so fascinating, what's gripping me so much about the show. Um, and then you get time to like go hang out with. Uh, uh... And um... that's the thing about Saul. Like, if you're like a diehard star wars fan like he's in rogue one so you yeah. know people like i guess a casual audience would know who he is but he's in clone wars he's in rebels he's in video games he's in mm -hmm. books like this is a pretty massive character to have yeah. on here so it was exciting yeah really massive character to have on there really massive actor to have on there and you know the scene was a good one it it was one of those you know give them a nomination for this just for showing up for three minutes yeah. Like, I'm fine if Judy Dench is only in a movie for 17 minutes. It's like a really good 17 minutes. 
Right. So let, let me ask you this, uh, you know, kind of just dump, jumping deep into the episode at this point. But do you like have because here's the weird thing, you know, we're here on StreamYard. The background is the poster. Uh, my picture is blocking uh, Saul mm -hmm. Guerrera, but he's on the poster. Like yeah. It feels like he's supposed to be a much bigger part of the story. So do you think this is the last we see of them? If not, how could we see more of them? I well. I think it's okay if we only see him one time in the first season because we know that this has a plan of uh, a plan of two seasons, right? Yes. Um, and they've already worked all of this out with the Star Wars folks. Um, Kathleen Kennedy's on board, so um, I'm okay with seeing someone that important kind of pass up an offer. Maybe we see him return to accept another uh, at the end, and we get bookends, but. I'm okay with one with season one only having so much of such an important character because I, frankly, that just makes me look forward more to the show. I get that he's on the poster, but that's just because he's amazing and should be on the poster. Um, that doesn't tell us how much or little he needs to be utilized. We know that in this scene, he makes a big impact and he perhaps keeps Luthen from making a mistake by saying no to something that didn't seem very well thought out. So, and I think that's what's going to be interesting to track here. If he is like well involved in and in this and going into the second season, like what is the arc for this character? Because it seems he doesn't seem to have changed much from now until Rogue One. He's very much he can an breathe. He can yeah. breathe without the thing. <laughs> that's yeah, a big breathe. change <laughs> for those breathe. of us who have been on oxygen before. I can tell you. Yeah. Being on oxygen and being off oxygen, big diff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he changes physically a lot. There you go. I think, uh, but his resolve probably doesn't do anything but deepen. Yeah, that's a, and that's a good point because, like, um, you know, in Rogue One, he's more off the deep end about this kind of stuff, um, and, and that, like, you know, he he's just such an independent force, and mm -hmm. he he cannot be swayed by anyone else. I don't right. know what that says about him. But, um, you know, uh, I, and, and I think they explore a little bit more of his backstory in the Clone Wars where, like, you know, his entire uh, city was under siege by separatists and he was mm -hmm. losing friends and family. So, like, it totally makes sense that this guy um, who is completely burned by these these massive uh, conglomerates that uh, have completely ruined his life. He's not put it like if he's going to handle the situation, he's not going to trust anyone else to solve it. He's going to do it himself. And I think that's right. a lot. Yeah, for sure. And, so. you know, for not for nothing, having Forrest Whitaker around on your TV show, not too bad a deal. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so we can go ahead and dive into the episode here. Um, I'm really excited. This is uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff here involving the prison, but we do open where Cassian is being, uh, you know, they're dividing these prisoners into transports. And uh, yeah, so they get on there. You see them kick off their shoes. He gets stuck to the, the chair man magnetically. And then uh, I don't know if we see the prison here, but basically they're they're flying towards um, these giant floating prisons in water and they appear to be many layers deep like a giant cylinder mm -hmm. in in the sea so uh i don't know what do you think about all this uh look terrifying to me uh you know you know immediately that they're being taken to the equivalent of a work camp and that it's not going to be good um 
And the way that that system is so elaborately set up, it's like if a Nazi concentration camp were on the island of um, Alcatraz or something like that, you know, where it's supposed to be inescapable. Um, But yeah, it's just, see, this episode (laughs) made me really, really anxious and uncomfortable for the entire time because Diego Luna's uh, acting, like he was doing such a great job of of conveying the sheer confusion and kind of dumbfoundment that you would have if you were trying to escape and then went on vacation and then got caught up for something that when you didn't, it, you literally did nothing. You were just walking, which is, you know, a way that a lot of like black people get pulled over or not even pulled over, but like also for walking, it's just like walking while black. So seeing that and then you know the whole carceral state of this i was just anxious the whole time because you never know when a situation is going to escalate you never know how scary these people are because in this instance you know it's basically like nazi guards and then the you know andy circus who is like bulked up and become swole and very terrifying at this point um is in charge of you (laughs) and you're supposed to be making that man happy as much as you can. So yeah, it's just terrifying to me. All of it is terrifying. Yeah. And it happens so quick from, you know, obviously this is two episodes now, but like that end of the episode, he's, he's arrested. He's immediately sent to court where he does. He can't get a word in edgewise. They Mm -hmm. stamp his thing. He's going off. And then we open here. He's immediately thrown into a shuttle. They're flying off. The only time that he gets to like stop and take a breath is when they use the floors to shock him or whatever they were doing. I know. Uh, <laughs> and then and then he gets back in there with Andy Circus, and, and even he's like, "All right, you know, it's like let's go. It, it, uh, this is all about work." So I know uh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's very fast paced. It's very scary. It's almost just like he's swirling down this like uh, typhoon of like horrible conditions so yeah it's sad it's very sad yeah the more and more things continue to happen to him that are oppressive and you can really he's doing a really good job of praying uh, of conveying that oppression combined with just like what (laughs) you know what i mean like what what am i doing here how did this happen yeah, Diego Luna, he plays stoic really well, but he also he plays like bewilderment. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, and so. he's very flexible, apparently, because that like one position that he contorted into to show the impact of the of the floor yeah. was wild. That was yeah. a that was a scary movie scene, if I ever have seen one. And that's the other thing is that I think there are so many horror components. I mean, we talk about Tony Gilroy, who is, you know, the person behind this show. And his legacy, you know, um, the legacy, no pun intended, of all the Bourne movies. Um, Michael freaking Clayton, which if you all, I don't know if the listening audience has seen this movie. If you have not seen Michael Clayton, then I don't know how to help you. You just, I mean, other than telling you that you need to see this movie. It is phenomenal. And there's an unforgettable Tilda Swinton, award-winning Tilda Swinton performance in this. George Clooney is great. Um, you get a similar movie out of Beirut. Like it's just, uh, you know, I'm saying all that to say there are a ton of great movies with very important and heavy subject matter 
that Tony Gilroy has dealt with and he's really good at the spy craft of all of it as well. So we've got horror movie influences going on because, you know, The Devil's Advocate, Nightcrawler, those I basically consider horror movies. We've got, um, you know, the political intrigue, your, your Beirut, your Michael Clayton, and then just the operatives part, which is like very born. And then for this episode, it was one of the first written by Bo Williman, who did House of Cards. And everything that happened on House of Cards was terrifying. Just from a, a personal perspective of someone who is under the unction of the U.S. government, <laughs> everything about it was terrifying. So, yeah, they, he's done a great job with building a ton of, of just kind of like dread. There's not this episode is just constant dread. Yeah. Uh, well, you just got me to add Michael Clayton to my letterbox watch list. So <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, very, really well done. A lot of this stuff. Um, and this next scene is also one of my favorites. And this feels like, you know, these are two characters that are, you know, they're kind of in each other's worlds, but they've never met. And we've been following their stories separately and seeing them to come together was like, it just felt so magical to me. Like it almost felt like, you know, somebody like it, like I'm bringing back more game of Thrones references, but like with Daenerys and Tyrion yeah. meet for the first exactly. time, it's like uh, two people that like, you can't really picture in a room, but you know them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is Karn and uh, Dedra and they, yeah. they come together here and this is a really great scene. It's such a great scene because it's, you know, Karn looks like he's playing a game. It's, it's like it's it's, like, it's like that man is playing Galaga. Like it's that scene. Yeah. Uh, I thought we wouldn't notice. Um, he looks like he's just playing a game, and he is playing a game in that he has been sending a request a day to know about essentially what's being done with this situation with you know the the murders that happened when he was still in charge. So when two people in a droid come and get you uh, in Nazi headquarters. It's a little terrifying. So yeah, uh, to see them in there and to see Dedra be like, I'm asking the questions. <laughs> she was great here. It's <laughs> so good. Just her permanent pursed lips. I, I know this actress from other stuff and that's not like normally how she holds her mouth. Yeah. So I really think that's a kind of a chilling aff- affectation that she has for this role and there's something that's so fitting about it because you kind of see you know her popping the uppers like staying all all night she's got to change her she's got a change of clothes there for like specifically that purpose and she's just constantly got lips pursed now I have a question and this is something that I haven't even asked on my own podcast about Andor and that question is about the force okay so we know, obviously, that if it's a Star Wars quality uh, or quantity, then there's going to be uh, something force related that, you know, goes down. Like, even in Rogue One, um, where there were no Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, except for, I guess, Vader, if you like count that. Um, you know, there were force people clearly using the force. Mm-hmm. Um, in the way that probably the second movie in the most recent trilogy would say that like, you know, broom boy 
Like right. there's a, there's some p- people everywhere can have this. So there's an interesting theory about whether or not Dedra is a force user that I was wondering if you had ever thought about. That is not something I thought about, but you meant uh, I'm trying to think like she's very good at what she does. And I think that's a thing with a, a lot of you see with a lot of Jedi is like not only do they have those force capabilities, but they're very charismatic. They're They're very convincing. Um, like it kind of like manifests in their personality a lot. So I could see that. But the thing for me though, is she very much, she's more of like a dead ringer for somebody like Tarkin, like these Imperial Mm. officers that are like, you know, they're just like daunting figures. Like they, they're just no nonsense uh, and very evil. I mean, even back to like, when we're talking about the guy who's like shocking them on the floor, that guy just like smirks, you know, like they all have that like just pure evil, era to them so uh, i don't know i feel like if anything it's like it's hard for me to imagine that like so if she is as evil as her counterparts like that i feel like that would just make her a sith at that point and it's like i don't know it's 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 an interesting question um because she has those characteristics i was talking about as far as the personality goes Mm -hmm. um i think the more interesting theory to me though um, that I've heard a couple times is um, people believe that Dedra might be Andor's sister, um, which I feel like really? I might buy. Yeah, I might buy into that a little bit more. Huh? Really? Uh, well, I think I think the thing is, um, for me, it's like it, it's so curious that we are even focusing on Dedra. So there has to be uh-huh. more to this character, and it could be the Force thing. It could be a relationship thing. Um, it's it's we've never gotten this character from this perspective in Star Wars. And I talked about it last week where, you know, we have Blevins and Dedra constantly going at it. Clearly the show wants us to sympathize with Dedra and it's like, well wait, yeah. this, you know, why am I, you know, we've used the word Nazi so much, might as well. Why am yeah. I supposed to sympathize with this Nazi? You know, and, and not only is she not only is she bad, but she's doing a really got good job at being bad. So, um I don't know. Uh, it makes me wonder why. Why would we be sympathizing with this character, and maybe they find out that they're related, and she turns a leaf? I don't know. So just... don't. I'm so I'm just wondering if I maybe was wrong about this. Don't we get the idea, or even see the young girl who's playing Casa's sister is like clearly a, like a non-white person. That's a very that's a very good point. Um, so you know, there, there's there's issues with this theory at the very base level. So um, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's not that point. I'd be against it. Like yeah. uh, it's just that this is an Irish actress. Yeah, um, Denise Go. So I I would think that if they were casting someone to be Diego Luna's sister, they would cast another Latinx person. You would think so uh so you and you would hope so as well yeah so um yeah no i mean that's uh very interesting but that with all this being said there's something going on here there's a reason oh yeah there's definitely a reason i mean i think the show is brilliant for making us root for dedra Mm -hmm. because there's nothing more sinister than being able to admire the efficiency and effectiveness of that kind of organization you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like 
you know, it's it's the reason why so many people are so interested in World War II, uh, because you know the Nazis are a very very compelling enemy, and one that had so many different just ways of making things happen that most people wouldn't even think about. And then, you know, the United States recruited the, a lot of the leftovers, frankly, you know, because of the ideas that they had. So yeah, it's all really interesting. The idea of focusing on her, I think is interesting as well. Um, I mean, I guess it would be, it would be really good deep cover work if she does end up to just be like looking for her brother. But I don't know why she would want to use the violence that she uses in order to do that. Like her internal motivation would be going off. And it's making me think of another show. Um, I think it's called The Old Man, the Hulu show. Hmm. I haven't even heard of that, honestly. Yeah, it's called The Old Man. It's um, It's a show with uh jeff bridges and john lithgow that uh you'd probably like i i wasn't as there will be a season two i wasn't as excited with the season finale as i hope to be but there's a really interesting story that flows through that show uh that has a similar tact to what the people are thinking about with this theory so that's why i thought of it interesting Okay. Well, we'll put we'll put a pin in that because there is there's something going on here, and uh, I'm sure we'll find out here. Eventually. There's something going on. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about. So we follow Dedra here for a little bit. She um, she's also you know uh, talking to some of the higher ups. Uh, Wolf uh, Yalaren, who we talked about last week, mm-hmm. he's here, and she's kind of preaching to him about a lot of stuff going on. They mentioned the Axis which uh, we believe to be uh, Luthen. And uh, I think that's kind of like her big motivation yeah. here and trying to figure out, yes, Andor is a problem, but there's a bigger thing going on here and it's surrounding this guy. So um, yeah, I, I really like how they sell a lot of this um, is like just how good she is at like extracting information yeah. and um, and getting what she wants. Like even like a guy like uh, uh, Yalaren, he's, he's even agreeing to like give her, you know, the proper tools to make things happen and right uh, yeah so this, she, she's yeah awesome. she gets the keys to the the candy store here uh and and basically just makes the argument it's less expensive than continuing to lose star path equipment or whatever equipment mm-hmm. so yeah you know she's done good work as a foundation she spoke up when maybe most people would have remained quiet and she was rewarded so far uh, by Partagas uh, in giving, which is a name, right? Like, <laughs> some Star Wars names. I'm just like, what were you thinking? <laughs> um, but yeah, was rewarded by Partagas and, you know, got basically her little uh, group of, of people to do her bidding. So yeah. we'll see what authority does to her. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I want to see this. I know we'll talk about it, but I really want to see the showdown between her and Bix in the next episode because those two are formidable women. And so I would like to see them against each other. No, that's going to be very good. Um, but yeah, so, uh, well, she, she had left, uh, she left Karin because he was going to go over the whatever, uh, but she's now coming back and they're talking about it. 
Um, and this is also when, you know, he mentions, uh, you know, kind of hinting towards who the access might be uh, because he did see a man in a dark cloak. Uh, mm. So uh, she gets that information from him as well. Um, I really like, but they end the scene here and this is one of my favorites because you kind of, there's like points where you might see where Cyril is like getting a little excited that mm -hmm. he's like, you know, Ooh, here I am. I'm helping out, you know, right. the Empire I'm back. wants something from I'm me. Back. Uh, and he even asked like, you know, if there's, any, like, if there's anything else uh, I could do, she's like, you've been really helpful, but you know, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't need the help of the likes of you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah so I don't know. And so another theory I've been hearing a lot is that, that Cyril could join the rebellion and yeah. I didn't buy into it too much, but for me, this was the first sign. Well, maybe the second sign, um, because now it's it's repeating. He's constantly being thrown out. You know, it's mm -hmm. not the first time. It's like, okay, well, yeah, he still wants to like join the empire, but you know, when he's constantly being kicked down by these people, sooner right. or later he's gonna snap. And I think I actually am buying into that now. Yeah, I completely think I, that's a, a theory that we've been playing around with a little bit as well. That he goes from. Well, first of all, that we find out who um, his uncle is and, you know, maybe the uncle is revealed to be Luthen or something like that. Um, yeah. But so we found out, find out who Uncle Harlow is that got him this job. Um, and then maybe he rebels a little bit. I think that, you know, everyone being a rebel is in their own way is supposed to be the theme of this show or at least one of the many themes of this show. Um, so could I see Karn joining forces with someone whose face he's basically just been memorizing um, every day? Sure, I can. Like, I, I can see there being a connection between those two. Mm -hmm. um, those two men, which would be really interesting because it would kind of be, you know, it'd be a big heel turn but in a positive way for Karn, if he were to suddenly be a good guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be interesting. And, and that, like, you're right. Uh, I, I've never heard it put that way, but everybody in the show, they do rebel in their own ways. Uh, Karn got himself into trouble for, for going too far. And then on the opposite right. end, Dedra, uh, you know, she worked behind people's back and got rewarded for it. So um, right. it's showing a lot of different uh, angles of how that stuff could go. Um, let's go back to Andor here where, uh, we can kind of talk more so about his like little workstation here and all his buddies that he's meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, but first and foremost, this was like very jarring to me seeing Andy Serkis here, uh, because, you know, I've seen a lot of the behind the scenes stuff with him playing Snoke <laughs> mm -hmm. and like, it's, <laughs> it's just very weird. You know, I know like canonically they look very different, so it's not like actually right. an issue, but you know, it, <laughs> it was just, it was, it, very is. Jarring. it, it was, it was you know interesting to, to see yeah. that they decided to cast him as something but i mean i don't really blame him frankly yeah it given what happened with that trilogy like i don't we don't have to talk about it um because god forbid we discuss things but like in my humble opinion that trilogy went to shit um in the third movie and it made no sense and at least he got to go out before it got there and now he's like i would like another chance at star wars please because star wars can be good i'll do this 
you know? You know, Rise of Skywalker, I still <clears throat> haven't even, like, like I'm still, like, in denial a little bit. Like, I still haven't fully processed how bad it truly is. Um, I, so I don't even, you're right. We don't discuss it. Uh, <clears throat> no, I haven't talked talk, about, Yeah. <laughs> like it, it hurts me. It pains me to think about. So, yeah. Um, so there, so again, he's meeting, uh, you know, his team here, they're showing him that they're like, you're telling him about the process, you know, the, the people who do well succeed and they're rewarded. The people who don't are the opposite of a reward. <laughs> um, right. So they're building things here. And at first, my first thought was, I was like, what if, um, because we've been talking a lot about like how we bring K2SO into this. I was like, what if the people in here are building droids right. and uh, he can like build one differently and have it malfunction? Uh, but no, it was not a droid. It was I just, know. Uh, we, don't, we don't know what this is that they're building, do we? Uh, we don't, but you know, it's probably pieces of the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, just the implement of their own destruction. Right. Um, yeah, we're it would be cool, like, if they were, like, building, uh, you know, very much in the way, you know, Rogue One, this could rhyme, where um, mm. uh, Galen Erso had designed a flaw in the Death Star. It'd be interesting if we could find out that he also finds a way to uh, build a flaw into something else. So, I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. Probably not going to happen, but. I think we're starting to see, I think we, when we get to the scene where, uh, Cassian is being transferred down onto the prison floor. We can talk about kind of the the way I can see the be like beginning starting for him to get out of prison. Yes, for sure. And we also get yeah, like um, there's a brief scene where they're being shepherded across this corridor, and you could see the other corridor out the window, and they're like doing sign language or whatever. Uh, right. Like there's clearly like some secret communication going mm -hmm. on here and yeah that's gonna be interesting to track um i don't know if uh i don't know if you heard about this i did not i i did not notice i don't know like i'd like to meet the person that did but um and this is almost kind of a spoiler i i would almost consider this to be a spoiler so if if you're a little sensitive to this stuff maybe skip forward but you know some of the people that are on his team here are in rogue one. Oh yeah yeah, I, I yeah. did not know that. So I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know until I was doing the podcast about it. And I was like, great. Yeah, cool. Because <laughs> I've seen Rogue One once a, a uh, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, like when it was in theaters. So yeah, I, I know I need to rewatch it. I know that rewatching it will probably enhance the show, but I kind of want to do it after the first season. Yes, that, that, I feel like that's uh, a good idea there. So um let's cut to uh let's cut to my favorite character mon mothma and she's always doing mon mothma things she's up in her like high rise dealing and drinking weird drinks what is this a squig she puts like a worm <laughs> a squig, <in> yeah <laughs> that yeah. was weird i don't know uh, yeah no i thought that was weird too i'm i'm an anti-worm and beverage yeah. so uh i've never had that tequila with the worm in it because it's got a worm in it yeah. you know I'm just not gonna drink that. I don't know you if they even me. they do this anymore. They used to sell like like suckers with like spiders in them or something. Yeah, like, I like what are you that. people? <laughs> because there, remember there was that whole movement about eating bugs and like how you can get all your protein. Like I remember this. Like we had someone come to our school to talk to us about the efficacy of eating bugs once, and I was just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I missed this. Yeah. This is a whole thing that happened in like the the 90s, early 2000s, where like everyone, even like fine dining establishments. So I remember this happening at like the Taste of Chicago. There was a a booth there. Taste of Chicago is a very famous um, event that happens every year in Grant Park during the summer. Um, all of these local Chicago dining establishments put up little booths and uh, it's like a four day event and you come and you bring kids and you suffer in the sun because Chicago is humid (laughs) in the summer um, and you get some good food and you're out of like $8 million when you're done. It's, It's one of the great things to do in Chicago. So I remember there being a bug, like edible bug, thing at the taste of chicago and i was like uh, yeah <laughs> good for you yeah, i'll sit that one out <laughs> yeah but uh mon mothma seems to agree with us she's lost her taste for them yeah so yeah. her husband who is the biggest douche in the entire world yes her fa- and like i, the, I hate yeah. perrin i hate him he's the worst um and and her the the daughter too so yes. so mean to her i'm Lita, just like shut uh, up <laughs> uh what's really interesting to me though is like we continuously i guess i say continuously this is the second time we've gotten a scene where lita is interrupting a conversation yeah. between uh tay and mon and I don't know. It just feels like a weird dynamic there. Like I feel like there's something more it's going weird. on. It's weird. I feel like I feel like Leda is the kind of girl who would turn her mom in for suspected liberal views. Yeah. You know? No, I t- and that's why. Like, there's got to be so, like the fact that like it's just so weird that it's so s- specific that Tay and her daughter are interacting this often. Yeah. So yeah, and, something's I mean, gonna happen here. And and she even the daughter Lady even calls it out and she's Lita, sorry, because it's Lita and the Swan kind of thing. Even calls it out and is like, you're here all the time now, I guess. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh <laughs> yeah. in in the way that you would probably she'd probably just be on she's because she's always on her dad's side. She's a, mm. a dad girl. And uh, you could see her thinking that something else was happening between her mother and Tay, like completely pulling a Bryony from atonement and misinterpreting everything that happened and then getting her mother in some huge trouble. Okay, so you've set this up really well. I would love to see uh, how this pays off. So uh, we'll put a pin in that one. Um, there's a lot of different conversation here. Not a, not a whole lot for me to chew on. We kind of, we learned some things about mine. She was, I guess, married. She was a politician. She basically had to marry Perrin, uh, which explains a lot as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think that makes me very hopeful for the future of her being a single woman and that like, she owes this man nothing. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it- she can't help but be single once they kill her family. Yeah. But that's just my theory. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That that's just my theory. That is almost definitely going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So wait, who, who's killing the family? The empire? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Because I agree. What I mean, I guess technically, I think they're going to die as well. I just hadn't really considered how and why. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe maybe they do become bigger threats to Mon, and she pulls like uh, you know. Uh, that dude from House of the Dragon who like killed his family for no reason. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> the guy one with the, cane. That, the one guy. <laughs> yeah, just it only happened the once. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Lara Strong. Yeah. There we you hardly go. knew thee. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll come back to um, what's going on here with Andor. And he's getting acquainted with his new living quarters. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. They like eat through tubes. Um, they also. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt so bad for all of the food that Cassian has had to eat in like the last couple months. Yeah. It, it's been dre milk or flavorless paste yeah that's the life of a rebel you're just uh <laughs> <laughs> he had like eating. one good meal yeah. <laughs> the whole time of this whole show he's just been eating the worst things if you if you do better they give you flavor yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> flavor and taste are separate as well <laughs> uh, you know what we need to do we need andor we need andor up in the high rise with mom uh-huh. it, by the end of the season so he can have squigs and eat the fancy, you know, I don't know, cold cuts that they have up there. That's exactly what, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want him to eat squigs because, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. but you get it better. yeah, but uh, you know, something other than a paste, <laughs> yeah. you know, something from a tube. It's it's like an umbilical cord. It's odd. <laughs> and then they yeah. all have these weird authoritarian showers together. Yeah, that are just, you know that are too reminiscent of terrible things from the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and the idea that they live in an open floor, um, open home concept prison, but cannot step on the floor after a certain time or a certain death. Yeah, uh, and we see one of the guys. Um, I guess I guess he just killed himself because yeah. Um, I got my first thought is oh somebody tried to escape but like no I, I think his sentence was doubled he found yeah. out because of oh, right. what happened because of what I mean the they're talking about the poured which mm-hmm. is the name of the act that you know uh, has been passed now because of what Andor did with yeah. all of the other rebels um, and everyone's sentences you know so you can go from having not very much time left to having it doubled and then all of a sudden it's like what you know so i think what happened to that guy is that he'd been looking forward to getting out of prison or something but had Mm. his sentence doubled and couldn't take it anymore so sad i mean the whole thing here like there's even a conversation here where they ask andor what he did he's like nothing like oh okay yeah that's that's going around yeah like you know you know uh, I haven't been in the American prison system yet, but um, <laughs> y- you would think that if somebody said I did nothing, um, you know, that that would raise more questions. Like, okay. Yeah. He, he didn't do anything. I take his word because maybe half the people in here didn't do anything. So. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we saw that you just have to be looking like you're out of breath mm-hmm. while walking. So I would immediately be arrested just yeah. on principle <laughs> yeah yeah even they even pulled out the the why are you sweating like oh yeah come on. <laughs> yeah yeah not fair um okay so the show has no message <laughs> no okay. message at all just right. it's just the star wars sometimes i admire stupid people <laughs> just from the perspective of you know having a, a smooth brain and maybe you don't have any troubles, you know? <laughs> yeah, just go through life. Just <laughs> it's very simple. It's just one tunnel. Yeah. You go down that's it. it. <laughs> it's very easy. Yeah. Um so uh we also we get we kind of get like a flash forward here. Um it's interesting. They don't say 30 days, but they say 30 shifts. 
Um, right. And uh, yeah, he's very much he's got he's kind of got it down now. Uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, he's uh, turned his little group around. Yeah, yeah, we see him kind of at the beginning. Just, it, I mean, that's the thing about Cassian. He's so smart, and he learns so much by just observing people. He picks up so much by observing. One of the things that I wanted us to talk about real quick was uh what happened when he first came in and uh got ready to uh do the first work session and there was that hold up that happened with transferring the guards i think that they're going to figure out a way to exploit that system because apparently the system freaks out of like not everyone is where they're supposed to be but mm-hmm. there's there's an exploit in it so uh, because someone was allowed to be late or seems to be habitually late. So I think they're going to take advantage of whatever that situation is and exploit it to try to get out. Yeah, it almost seems like a Jenga tower. You know, you take the one piece out uh, right. and the rest will fall. Uh, so it'd be interesting if, if it's as simple as that. Um, I'm sure yeah. it's going to be way more complex than just that. But I well, think, yeah. you know, we see Andor likely getting in, trying to get in with the the group of people signing to one another. Mm-hmm. He figures out what they're talking about and and maybe it's an escape. Yeah. And Andy Circus is gonna stop him. No, stop. We need to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got two hundred days left. We need to <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be a problem. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's go to Ferrix. Uh, talk about our girl Bix and Brasso. Uh, yeah, nothing they're... bad ever happens in Ferrix. No, yeah, this is gonna be fine. Completely yeah. fine. Uh, we open on uh, Marva, who is sick, and they kind of talk about how she, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I've had a, I've both of my grandmothers have been sick. One has mm. recently passed away, which it's oh, unfortunate, but it's it was for the betters. You know, it was kind of on the end there. But um, you know, you family, um, they start to have conversations when they, you know, like they'll come up and like, oh, you know, uh, Grammy, she she thinks she's at the grocery store right now. Uh, this was kind of like that. They're like, oh, she thinks she's a rebel. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's kind of how they treated her. <laughs> they um, did. So I would love to see Marva like really come into her own and like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, but yeah. uh, help the Empire, Marva. I mean, Marva. Not the Empire, the Rebellion, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> please, please don't help the Empire. Uh, they don't need any more help. Uh, Marva, you know, has been a rebel uh, going to old ships and probably like seeing what she could get to take from them. Um the idea now that she has been bolstered by all of the things that have happened, you know, and like where she lives, she is pretty resound or resolute in terms of like, I'm not leaving this place, you know? So I would not be surprised if she was able to put something together that no one was really looking for because who suspects the, the grandma, you know? Yeah. And B2 emo. They'll, they'll come together. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that little droid so much. And Cassian never said goodbye to it. Yeah. They were very mean to him uh, the last <laughs> time. Like, uh, why is everyone so mean to him? Marva told him to shut up and like he didn't talk for the rest of the episode. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I know. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't call him B2 emo for nothing. So, oh, uh, that very poor sad little droid. droid. Yeah. 
uh, he needs his own uh, comeback story here. Uh, yeah. But something else very interesting is happening here. We see some familiar faces. We get Vel and Cinta. Yeah. Who are they're here on Ferrix. They're kind of you know they're watching out. Um. So. Yeah, I don't like this. You know, they're, I get. They're, they're, I really like both these characters, but they want to kill Andor, and that's not good. Yeah. Um. I mean, Santa really is like, <laughs> you know, we'll take. I'll take care of it. Uh, Vel is a little more like, can't we just like have a gap year? Yeah. You know, can we have a rebellion gap year where we just <laughs> go to some planet that's fine and has lots of college students and we just kind of hang out. <laughs> yeah. Poor Vel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we learn from Senta that Vel is a rich girl who ran away. So that's interesting. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very. And I think that's like, it's very interesting diving deep into like the reasons people are doing the things that they're doing and yeah. like the different places they can come from, but still come together with the same mission. So um, yeah. Uh, I theorize that she was, um Stellan Skarsgård character Skarsgård's daughter but now I'm thinking that maybe she is the older daughter of Mon Mothma oh my gosh whoa (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know I don't have any knowledge of this these are just things that I theorize about and I like to throw them out there yeah, or maybe she is uh maybe she's the 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 long lost sibling sibling of Dedra Oh, I don't know. It's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, so no, yeah, that that's interesting though. I, I I could totally you know they you know they she likens to a scars guard in ways. So yeah, um, that would be that would be cool. Uh, I'd be down for that. Um, but we also uh, we get uh, Bix is visiting. Uh, what's I, here's another character's name? I didn't write it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the guy the other guy on Ferrix that yeah. we haven't mentioned. Um, he has like a business here. And as he's hanging around with his son. But uh, I really liked that this character has kind of become important because we see him back all the way in episode one where he has no lines, but like you see him in the background. He's like banging on the drums when the Empire's coming. Like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird how they kind of pulled out these like semi background characters and now they're like a staple in this episode. I know. And IMDb has done a terrible job of uh, reporting which cast members are in episode eight. Because oh. he's not even in the list of cast members, yet there's all these people who I couldn't tell you who <laughs> they were. Yeah. If you paid me money. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I promise I will learn the name next week. And, uh, well, and the son. I don't know if they ever said the son's name, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, Bix is here. She's because she's she's trying to send out uh, like a radio transmission. Um, she's trying to get in contact because uh, Marv is sick, and I guess she ends up in contact with Luthen. This stuff was kind of confusing to me. I don't like. I was like, uh, I, I couldn't remember when she had the information or contact information to get a hold of Luthen. I don't know. She so Luthen was her contact. Remember when? Uh, when originally early in the series cassian came to bix and was like i have this thing i want to sell it was bix that went up in that same tower and sent out a message because she had a contact that she wanted to introduce uh uh, cassian to and it was luthan you're right yeah oh my gosh so bix has had this line to him and now they're shutting it down right yeah uh 
and 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 that's another interesting side of this all with Luthen and um another name I don't his the his coworker there there uh they, they feel like uh, she calls him out like you're getting a little sloppy here uh there, there's too much of this uh, back and forth going on so yeah they 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 will not be hearing from them anymore so yeah um yeah very interesting uh stuff here okay what happens next um I guess Oka well so I, I think after this Luthen flies off to go and visit Saul we kind of talked about it. I don't know how much we need to revisit it all um, yeah i mean but... a, a lot of good acting happens mm-hmm. and yes. something that uh, an, an exchange is denied for something that i don't understand yes so uh <laughs> yeah they they kind of talk about equipment and you know he i, I really like this role that luthan's playing because we, we see this a lot and it's not usually like put in stone for us where like you know there's star wars rebels and that's a group of rebels and then there's saul's rebels and now there's this group of rebels and uh we finally have like the person that brings it together and that's luther and he is referring to another group of rebels and saul is not interested in working with anyone else so mm-hmm. um yeah uh really like again not only explaining how this stuff is coming together but also you know further driving home the point that saul was very much an individual force and in, in all of this so um yes uh okay so we go back and um there, there, a lot of mess is happening here on Ferrix again. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is where they 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 grab our buddy, our, our buddy who we don't know his name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it ends in a, a foot race here. You know, Bix is running off. Um, they end up catching, they end up catching uh, Bix here, and they take her up to see the person tied to the chair, and uh, uh, Dedra's here. So again, yep. this is very much setting up a something. Something's happened happening between these two, and uh, I don't know. I hope it's a fist fight. <laughs> yeah, I you know there's an interrogation that's going to happen. It it's going to be a very interesting scene, and we'll see who ends up winning. Yes, uh, and that's the, I feel like that's the thing about Bix is like we haven't seen her in that type of situation the way Dedra has, and as we've talked about, Dedra kind of gets whatever she wants because she's so good at doing whatever she she needs to do yeah. to get what she wants. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of I'm scared for Bix here. I don't know. I know. I, well. I I feel really bad for Bix. We you know Dedra has them intentionally leave the the guy who sold her out and told. Yeah. <laughs> probably told that she was sending messages from his place um and so she sees him and how like beat up he is and you know i'm sure they're going to use similar tactics but also uh maybe they've got something else on her too right um it it is interesting to kind of think about and theorize what could happen because we know so little about bix at all we just know that she Seems like the type of woman with a go bag, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, I, and I, I'm excited for more Bix. I mean, this is the kind of thing where, like, in the early season when, like, we completely left their home, I was like, mm-hmm. but I don't want Bix to be gone, you know? Yeah, uh, know. Same with B2 Emo and all of them. So I'm really glad they're being uh, put back in the fold here, even if they're in a bit of danger. But uh, 
that's the episode. Uh, th- this was uh, this is a lot of fun, Latani. I really I really appreciate you coming on here yeah. and doing this with me. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on and like it was a- around the early days when you started talking on PSR. Like you had you had a, a speech or a-, a monologue almost about toxic fandom and gatekeepers in the Star Wars community and how people can treat each other online. And there's like there's a lot of people on the internet that are not necessarily bad for the fandom, but then there are people that are genuinely good for the fandom. And I feel mm-hmm. like you're that type of person. So oh, thank uh, you so much. I, I love that. I love that you are now a small part of this community as well. So um, again, I want to give you the chance. I know you've got so much going on, um, but anything else you want to plug here at the yeah, end? Yeah, I mean, I said uh, a bunch of the stuff, um, you know, uh, podcasting for post-show recaps, doing Atlanta, doing the haunting of Mike Flanagan, doing another versus podcast coming up uh, with Josh and Mike, where we're going to be discussing um, the comparing uh, the house of the dragon to um, Lord of the ring, the rings of power. Um, I'm going to be doing a, an episode of the crown with grace leader. When that premieres, we'll be talking about episode one. And then on that podcast, we'll have a fun announcement. Um, and then there's another uh, podcast that I have coming up pretty soon, but I cannot talk about what it is yet. Um, but you can also find me on the interview with the vampire podcast with Grace and Rich. Um, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I guess, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Stormborn1222 or talking about all of this stuff and more on Twitter uh, for the time being um, at LK Starks. Yeah, everyone go show some love. Uh, yeah, uh, I gotta ask you real quick. Uh, you're talking about the comparisons between House of the Dragons and Rings mm-hmm. of Power. I fell off Rings of Power. I think I'm like four episodes in. Yeah. Um, can you spoil me a little bit? Do I need to finish? Is it like uh? So yeah, I I up? watched it differently than most people did. I let a bunch of episodes build up because I that's how I like to watch TV. Unless I'm glued to a television show like house of the dragon where i need to know what's going to happen and i have to watch every week um i would say that that the rings of power wasn't that type of watch for me but it's not lacking in like i mean it's a beautiful show it's really well shot it's well acted um and it gives you answers to basically it's a season-long mystery that answers a few key questions leading up to the next season so i would i would recommend like if you got any enjoyment out of the first couple episodes then yeah keep going and and finish it up um you know i i just i thought it was like a really pretty show yeah um and i'm interested to see what they're going to do with it in the second season and it was another show where there was a lot of like gatekeeping and stuff going on because elves can't be a different race than oh, yeah. white and i was like okay this is just weird <laughs> now like <laughs> things have just gotten weird imagine like trying to debate what an elf is uh, <laughs> the, uh this fantasy creature uh, no. interesting how that works um yeah, that's the thing though like you said if i enjoyed it and like unfortunately this day and age with so much tv it's like just yeah, enjoying something lot... isn't enough sometimes that's fair i mean there, that's very fair there is a lot of tv going on um, and, and a lot of really good TV. There's a lot of good stuff that's coming out pretty soon. You know, like the new white Lotus starts tomorrow. So, 
Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that's here already. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> no. makes sense. That was the dragon over. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out here. Uh, I'd like to rate, remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. Also, please subscribe because we're going to be here every single week and sometimes multiple times a week. We got another Tales of the Jedi episode coming out here soon. So uh, if you subscribe, that'll come straight to your phone. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Star Wars Pod. And uh, check our show notes for our merch. And we also have a little Discord community going on. So if that's something you're interested in, you can hit us up and I'll get you a link. But that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye.